Welcome back, everybody, to your creativity. It is October. It is the Halloween season, and we're here to talk about a ghost story. BYU TV and BC Studios have done a version of the the Canterville uh, ghost. I, I keep on saying tells for some reason, <laughs> um, but um, we are here with one of the stars, uh, James Lance. He is best known for uh, well, recently for his role of Trent Krim on Ted Lasso. Um, he's also been on Black Mirror. And a uh, personal favorite of mine, uh, Spaced by Simon Pegg. How are you, James? I'm good. How are you doing? Nice to meet you. <laughs> nice to meet you, too. First off, I want to talk about uh, Ted Lasso. You know, get that out of the way. It, sure thing. The season just wrapped up last week, last yes. week or so. And mm -hmm. you played a pivotal role. And I, I loved your story arc over the two seasons. Um, tell us about how you like the, you know, your feelings about the character and, and how that story unfolded. Well, I guess to start from the beginning, um, I when I first heard his name, I just thought, well, when I first read his name, because I read the uh, pilot episode and I was like, Trent Krim wow who's that <laughs> and uh and he was in the press room and um there was just something about that name that got me really uh it, it sort of excited and um and i just knew i had to play him and um so you know went up for the audition and was lucky enough to get the role and away we go and it's yeah it's been quite a ride it really has it's um and it, it's not over yet and um, I love playing, uh, I just love playing someone who's so curious and also so open to change and actually just sort of 360 human, which is um, what uh, so much of the, uh, is, what, is what is so good about the show actually, is that everybody um, is, is just really human and, um, and they can change their mind and they can have opposing ideas, they can have conflicts and it's not um, sort of cookie cutter. Um, so that was really exciting, and obviously, you know, Trent is on a is on a ride. Um, uh, not least, if you've seen the end of the series, then um, you know he's uh, he's uh, he's no longer Trent Krim the Independent. No, nope. <laughs> um, he's now just independent. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because um, yeah, you know, his personal ethics kind of uh, came to the fore, and he was like, actually, this is this is. I mean, there was a few things coming, colliding at the same time, um, but uh, he did what he felt was the right thing for as a human being, which was more important to him than uh, the right thing as a journalist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's this. I, I did a little research on the reaction, and a lot of people are like, he, you know, worst journalist ever you know things like yeah that. yeah i read that too mm. <laughs> but they didn't know what was coming and they didn't know yeah. uh, what his plan was so that was kind of fun because i was aware of the feedback my wife said you better check out what's happening online it's kind of crazy um and um and i we were quite excited because thinking wow they don't know what he's going to do with that so it's yeah it's uh it was it's been fun and you said there's more to come so he will be back back for more i I believe so. I don't think that's a spoiler. I think Bill Lawrence, the producer, has uh, has said publicly that um, Trent Krim. There's going to be more. There's going to be more, uh, more Krim um, in season three. So there is more. There's more to the story. Yeah, more Krim. 
More grim. <laughs> what's the what the what's the atmosphere like on that set there? It's pretty magical because um, I mean, right from the top, it had this. It had a. It had a feeling of uh, of uh, what's the word really? I guess it just felt a little bit special and um, and and different. And there was elements of it you sort of think, well, uh, you know, in some ways this could be. Um, sort of uh, obvious or, 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 or people might have an idea of what this is, but really quite quickly, it was quite obvious that there was just a lot more going on underneath the surface. So it's really exciting to be in a show that um, is uh, unafraid to go to places that you might not expect it to. That's, that's the most, I think that's the most exciting thing, um, being in it and also watching it. You're just not quite sure which way it's going to go. Um, and, um, and the atmosphere is great. I mean, it's just a really cool crew and really cool cast and great roles. And uh, yeah, it's really, it's good fun. And, um, Jason is a, is, um, is an amazing man. You know, he's just a really lovely human being and so supportive of everybody right the way across the board. And, um, He's got this. Uh, he's got this kind of vision, and it's really fun being a part of making that happen. Awesome. Well, that that's a fish out of water story, and so is um, Canterville Ghost. You know, Americans mm. moving uh, to the English countryside, moving into this this castle or this estate, and yeah, and, and you're you're the head of that family. Um, it's been am, yeah. It's been adapted many times. Um, did you refer to any of those past adaptions in preparing for the role? Um, I had a glance at one that starred, is it Sir John Gilgood was in one of them? I think so. I think he played the ghost in one. Um, but to be honest, I don't think I actually got to the ghost in that. I just had a little look at the beginning of that show and got a feel for what they were doing. But for some reason, I didn't watch all of it. What I, what I, when the script arrived, I thought, hmm, it's based on a short story. What I'll do is I'll read the short story before the script. So I read the short story, um, which I think is like 1,500 words, 15,000 words or something. And then, and then I read the script right the way through. And, I, and I, with each episode, I was like, wow, this is, this is great. You know? um, and my favorite episode is actually episode four, which... Um, uh where jude has adapted it really she starts to really kind of pull it out and um and as well as it kind of digging down into the essence of the story she really pulls pulls it kind of goes um out and i love that i was really surprised by that obviously because that isn't you know the whole court case and everything isn't in the um in the original story and i just loved all of that i thought it was an, i thought it was a brilliant adaptation um, so sorry, in answer to your question, I only glanced at uh, another thing and thought, okay, I think I've got the measure of that and just went to the source. And this is a, a longer adaptation. It's a four part um, mini series. And yeah, yeah you, you just talked about how expanded it is. Um, um, where was I going with that? Um, <laughs> um, let's see, give me a moment. Sure. How do you feel it helped the characters expanding it uh, that much from a you know a two-hour movie to like a a four-hour series? Well, I think uh, particularly um, 
in regards to uh, the younger uh, characters in the story, they really, I mean, they really come to the fore by the end of the tale, which is different, I think, to the original. And it very much becomes about um, Laurel's storyline, um, uh, who plays Hiram's daughter. And uh, it's just, it's, I, that, that was, that, I think that was one of my favorite parts about it really, was that, um, is how much she comes into her own and kind of becomes, it kind of comes full circle for her because she was studying law before. And then there's this sort of, um, uh, idea of fate being in the right place at the right time and then everything she ends up kind of doing what she should be doing and then also that helps liberate the ghost and all of that I, I really loved all of that and I thought that it was brilliant the way that Jude expanded that out and actually made that kind of the real heart of the heart of the piece yeah beautiful um the cast um it's got a a big cast and they they're known you know for their parts in many uh, british films and tv series what, what yeah. was it like with working a, with such an experienced cast like that well, yeah i mean you're you're right to point that out i mean there's some amazing players there you know like real classic um british character actors from um yeah, Jeff Rawl, who plays Bluey, um, he's done so many amazing things over here. I was so thrilled that he was in it. Hayden Gwynn is amazing. And um, I mean, kind of, it, it really rolls on. And, and a young actor called Harry Tarassi is fantastic. Um, it was everyone, everyone was brilliant, I thought. And so, and really good fun. Um, and I, one of the things I love about this job is that you do get to work with some of your heroes along the way. And um, I love uh, what Jeff Rawl does. I've seen him in many things and I just think he's amazing. And also uh, many years ago, I saw Anthony Head in a musical um, called Chess. And um, he blew me away. He blew me out of my seat in the auditorium. And now years later, I'm working with him on this. So that was really cool. And he, he's also in Ted Lasso as well. Yeah, he plays Rupert in Ted Lasso. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, we were we were actually shooting Ted Lasso whilst we were shooting this, and we would be kind of talking about the, the how the story was unfolding and getting quite excited, <laughs> and also just looking at each other, going, "Man, this thing is getting big, isn't it?" You know. Um, so that was really good fun. Yeah. Um, uh, production. Um, so so where where was it filmed? It was filmed in the UK and it was filmed in a very magical spot called Mulvern, which is uh, sort of on the border of uh, Wales and it's um, up in the mountains. It's sort of mountains around there and um, it's a stunning. I mean, I, I haven't seen this show actually yet, um, um, but I imagine you will, you will have seen some of the scenery and it. it's pretty, it's pretty beautiful up there. Yeah, I got access to the first episode and it, it's you know, beautiful, great, beautiful landscape. Yeah. And, mm. I, you know, I love England. I, I haven't been to England or anything like that, but I, you know, I watch British shows all the time, you know, Broadchurch and Doctor Who and all that stuff. Right. So lo love seeing the scenery there and ho hopefully I can get to go there someday. But yeah, I, I was just wondering exactly where it was. 
Yeah, it was Malvern. And it, and I recommend if you, if you do come over, then check out Malvern. It's really nice. I've lived there all my life and I've never thought of going there. And it's now one of my favorite places I'll be visiting. If you like walking, you like walking in the mountains and countryside. It's a great place to go. Beautiful. Any, any behind the scenes stuff for the production that you can share? Um, Just yes, thing that happened. Yeah, somebody else asked me that same question. And I was thinking, you know, it was such a full on shoot. And we we kind of everything was kind of one of two takes. It was pretty quick. Um, and it was intense. We had a lot to do in, you know, with four hours to shoot in um, 10 weeks. So to be honest, nothing really went wrong, as it were. And, and there was no kind of comedy kind of mishaps or anything i can't actually think of anything that um <laughs> went that, that went down the only thing that i will say that was a little bit strange for me was um i just i had just moved to a house in the countryside and i just decided that the house we've moved to has definitely got something funky going on um in the, in the top of the house there was a vibe um and my wife and I were talking about it quite a bit anyway and things were going wrong and all this kind of stuff and so I had to kind of do a little um self-imposed exorcism on the house you know I got some uh, white sage and just burned went around the house and I just took you know unless unless you're loved and you can you just can move on and we're here now and let's work it out I can't remember exactly what I was saying but it's something came out of me and it changed it changed the energy of the house. It's something, whatever it was, it is now cool with us being here. And it was just at that time that I got offered this script uh, to play Hiram, to move to the countryside <laughs> in the haunted house. And it was kind of weird because when we got here, everything went wrong. Like the electrics blew, um, the car broke down, my wife's laptop sort of blew. I mean, just so many things that anyway, flooded, all kinds of stuff was happening. So that's what um, drove me to kind of, right go okay i gotta do something with this and um and it was at that point i got offered the, the, that role I was like what's going on this is weird well, it all you, worked you, always, out. you always want to get into your roles and i guess that was one <laughs> <when> we... <laughs> <laughs> yeah it really was it was kind of strange <laughs> so you started um acting around 91 that's the earliest credit i could find um mm, yes that would be right. Well, I was in, actually, it would have been 1984 when I was 10 years old. I did a movie called The Russian Soldier when I was a kid. And it, yeah. And you've had roles in tons of TV shows. Do you have any uh, particular favorites? Uh, favorite TV shows that I've been yeah. on, you mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, gosh. Um, what do I, I mean, for TV, I mean Alan Partridge. Do you are you aware of him? Um, I'm aware of it. I haven't seen it yet, though. But I heard it's good. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. So Steve Coogan does a show um, and plays a character called Alan Partridge, and he's been around for a while. And I was in the second season of that, which would have been that's probably '91, isn't it? Something like that. No, maybe yeah. a bit later. Eight. Around then. Yeah. Um, and um, maybe a little later, um, but um, that 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 was a that was great because it's he's kind of a comedy genius, and that was amazing to be in, in the cast of that. And while that happened, and that kind of put me on the map, 
um, as an actor over here. And then, you know, I love being an absolutely fabulous. I did an episode of that with um, Joanna Lumley and Jennifer Saunders. That was incredible. I fell in love with Joanna Lumley, as you do if you yeah. come across her. And then I played her son in something called Sensitive Skin. I did two seasons of that a few years after, which was amazing. Um, so, yeah, I've had a really fun time. I do a lot of comedy, mainly. Um, not all, but I've done a lot of comedy. So I've worked with a lot of um, quite funny people, which I enjoy. Yeah. Uh, uh, professionally or personally, who inspires you? Ooh, gosh, nice question. Hmm. Um, I, I'm particularly enjoying listening to Gabor Mate these days, if you know him. I don't. So he's a doctor, uh, uh, he talks a lot about attachment theory. I'm a new dad, so I'm, I'm well, I say a new dad now. I mean, my boy is um, three years old. And uh, I kind of came across him through a book called Hold Your Kids uh, Close or Hold Your Kids Tight. And um, his mind, I'm particularly loving. So I love him, um, I David Bowie, without question, for, ev for every reason, you know, uh, just as a, just as a, grounded human being that could kind of be so interstellar with his talent and so broad and, and unique um i love i mean gosh my my favorite musical artist is nick drake um he did three albums i don't know if you've heard of him he died in 1969 i think something like that but he died without his fame kind of um before he knew that that was going to happen. Um, and I, I adore, I listen to him all the time. I adore him. Um, yeah, I mean, it's inspiration everywhere. Awesome. Now you're, when you're being creative, what type of situations are most creative for you? You mean as an actor? Yeah. Oh, I would just say probably you know, you kind of want to, the most creative kind of atmosphere is one that's playful, I reckon. And, and one that's kind of um, where, where you can just really be yourself and, and, and not be kind of too um, uh, nervous to, to, to stick your neck out. That would be the main thing. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think playfulness is probably would be key for me in terms of, uh, you know, acting um, because ultimately I guess it is play and uh, when you're in that kind of environment and everyone's kind of collaborative um, on that level and throwing ideas around then that's really good fun that just it gets kind of um, it gets really exciting at that point yeah and 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 also um, when you're working with people that are um, intuitive and uh, and um, what's the word you know um, uh, you kind of like imp Probably, you know, like Jason um, Sudeikis is just is just so alive when he performs. So when he when he's in a scene with you, he's really there and he's really doing it and he says it differently, you know, all, all the time. And he's just playing with it and he's living it. And that inspires um, something uh, in me as well when I play with him. So that's that, that, that kind of vibe is pretty cool. As opposed to, you know, I once did a play and the director said, you will say it exactly the same every night, won't you? And I said, no. <laughs> and um and uh and he got really upset about that and um yeah that was that that wasn't much fun working with someone who was kind of rigid and unplayful you know i i don't think there's any perfect way maybe there is a perfect way of saying it but i'm always up for kind of exploring what that might be 
That, that makes me think of uh, Kevin Smith. I've been a big follower of his, you know, since the beginning, since Clerks. And at the beginning, he was like, you know, word on the page, you know, type of things. But as his career went on and the movies went on, he would get a lot more, you know, open to, you know, imp improvising lines and stuff like that. And, and mm. his, his stuff is so playful and fun. Yeah, you can feel it, can't you? It's just great when it's like that, you know, when it, or, or even if it's at least born out of that kind of thing, you know, like, um, yeah. Uh, I don't know, what's Curb? What's Curb Your Enthusiasm? Is that kind of, is that, I don't know, they must do loads of improvisation around that, I would think. Yeah, yeah, Larry David and Jeff Garland and J.B. Smoove. Yeah, they're all, they're all great improvisers. So, yeah. And, yeah. And that I think you can tell. What was that? Oh, really? I think you can tell when it has that that vibe. Yeah. Mm. And I've, I've met J.B. Smoove. I work for a comedy club and he came through years ago and he's just really fun, nice guy. Nice, nice, nice. Uh, speaking of playful, maybe not in the most positive ways, uh, Black Mirror, you were on the episode where I had the like animated character Yes. Yeah, it was kind yes. of reflecting on, uh, you know, politics and things like that. How, how was it working with um, on that show? Because that's that that's been, was another kind of interesting anthology type show where you didn't know what was yeah. going to happen next. <laughs> yeah. Again, you know, really fresh script. I mean, Charlie Brooker is just uh, he's just got a great mind, doesn't he? And he's I I love him because he um you know he was a I don't know if you know, but he was initially, he was kind of a TV critic over here and he would write these amazing reviews. And, um, and then, you know, that would kind of, we could be quite cutting about other people's work. And then he just kind of put his um, money where his mouth is and just went, actually, what about this? And I, so I, I, I really enjoyed watching the way that he has um, evolved as a, as a writer and a thinker um and he's he's ahead of the curve so it was great to be on that show i loved it yeah really you know just just a really cool piece of material um anything there's anything um getting started did you um uh, go to school for for acting like you know theater and things like that and I did. Yeah. I, so I grew up in the countryside uh, in Somerset and um, I knew I wanted to be an actor. I was living in the middle of nowhere, and, but I was at doing amateur dramatics as a kid. And the BBC um, came down, they were shooting a film uh, in a village nearby and they wanted a kid for it. And so they approached the amateur dramatics and then I auditioned and I got the role. And um, that was at the age of 10. And, I, and I, it was like stepping into Narnia or something. It was just so magical, you know, and um, that was it. I, I just 100% knew that this was the thing I wanted to do. So I got an agent and um, then I came across these kids that were called like theatre school kids, you know, kids that went to this special school. And once I realised that even existed, I um, flunked out most of my uh sort of academic work and after two years of that my mum eventually was me kind of repeatedly saying please let me go to this theatre school um I auditioned for that and then I ended up going to London um when I was sort of 12 just about 13 so then I was at theatre school um which meant that 
I was doing three days academic a week, two days vocational, singing and dancing and acting and all that stuff, but also auditioning for things right the way through. So I, um, yeah, I started pretty young and, um, and got onto sets pretty young. So it was, it was, I loved it. I loved every second of it. Awesome. Yeah. I always wonder how people get started in their, their creative journeys. Um, we've got our, our bonus questions to close things out and um, speaking sure. of creativity, you know, our show is called Your Creativity. Uh, what does creativity mean to you? What does creativity mean to me? Um, I guess creativity means, ex ex in, in one word, it would be expression. Um, and um, moving on from that, I guess it's just, uh, it kind of means discovering in, you know, um, digging, digging into anything and, um, and, and um, hmm. digging into, it's kind of like, um, for some reason I'm thinking of the rainbow and they always say there's a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. It's like just following you. It's, Actually, I'm going to quote Ted Lasso, who quotes Gandhi, like, follow your bliss. And for me, creativity is just like following a trail and just going as far as you can with it until you, you find something sparkly. Love it. Um, who is your favorite Muppet and why? Oh, that would be Animal. <laughs> nice. It's got to be Animal, just <laughs> not least because that's the best use of eyebrows I've ever seen um i now realize uh and, and i just liked his energy yeah animal yeah and then um i always feel weird acting this asking this of actors um mm -hmm. in the film of your life who would you like to play you <laughs> oh um goodness me uh who would i like to play me that's crazy I'm thinking Alan Rickman, but he's like not here and he's kind of too old. <laughs> but but sort of in essence, he might be fun. Um, I, I worked with Alan Rickman uh, many years ago on a movie and he was just exquisite, both on screen and off screen, off screen. He was just such a gentleman, so well prepared, so well prepared. Like he really knew his stuff. He turned up on set with like a file of just ideas and everything and everything everything and i was so impressed with how funny he was i'd forgotten you know when you think of him it's like you think of how funny he was like as robin of sherwood you know and yet it's easy to sort of forget that side of alan rickman and that's yeah. what i loved about him in terms of his breadth like he had this really solemn kind of in brilliant searing intelligence but he also had the kind of physical comedy of, um, you know, some of the funniest out there. And uh, so I, I loved him and I love him and I would like him to play me. <laughs> Great answer. Yeah, love Alan Rickman. Uh, Galaxy Quest, like, you know. Yeah, right, yeah. so good. And of so course, good. Snape, yeah. Snape, right. yeah, yeah. Yeah, Soul too. So the Canterville Ghost, it is debuting on BYU TV, the app, um, and the TV station here. Is it the BBC going to um, uh, broadcast it? Do you know? I believe so. I, I think it's coming on in uh, America first, and then it comes on over here um, later. Um, but I'm not sure exactly when that is. Okay. 
Um, if I don't know if that's wanna, been announced. If people want to see uh, what you're up to, you know, is there any social media that they can follow you on or anything? Um, I actually, I'm not on any social media. I made the big mistake many years ago when it first social media came in. I thought, no, I don't think that's going to last. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and uh, how wrong was I? And then it's just too late. And, and also, um, I, yeah, I'm not on anything. I'm, I'm afraid. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I love your work and I, I appreciate you coming on and I hope our paths cross, cross again. Anytime. Um, thank you very much for coming on. Yeah, thank you. It's been really lovely chatting to you. Chatting with you too. Have a good evening. <laughs> <laughs> thank you and uh, have a good day. Will do. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> cool, man. Cheers. The podcast is done, man. <laughs>